Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Welcome to I Work For Him, where we focus every day on helping all of us to connect what we hear on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five, to work on transforming the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. We are your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and we're glad you've tuned in today. As always, we've searched out a guest that we can bring into you that will share a story that will just go in a place maybe we've never gone before, because God's work in our life is always unique. You know, it really is unique. And so God has just um, gifted us with some one, a wonderful guest for today that is uh, getting to share his heart, getting to share what God did in using him, um, taking him from where he was, Jim, in a really rough situation where he knew about Jesus as a young boy, but wasn't living in it. And God got a hold of his heart and um, changed his life. And I really think that the big story um, for each listener today, as you're listening to the show, is to look at where God has you right now. And what are you, um, how are you ministering in your current workplace? Because he has you there on purpose, and this is an opportunity every day for you to be building relationships with people around you and um, letting them see who the real you is and how Christ is in, uh, part of your life. What I love about Chris Michelson and his uh, passion, having grown up in western, west central Minnesota, which we love that, of course, because we're both <laughs> from Minnesota, was that you know Chris really thought he knew it all, and he went to go to the Twin Cities and became a drug dealer an alcoholic, and got involved with the seedier types in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I know it's hard to believe. Uh, and But God rescued him and radically transformed him and his wife and then called him. He, he got an immediate passion for sharing the gospel, just like many of you have a, a passion for sharing the gospel. And God took that passion and now has taken him around the globe. So where has God taken you from? What has he shown you about what your gifts, talents, and abilities are and how he likes to use them in your workplace? And what does that look like as you could impact around the globe? So important that we just stop and think, God, where do you have me? Do you have me here on purpose? If you have me here on purpose, what am I supposed to be doing? And if I'm going to ask you what I'm supposed to be doing, perhaps I should listen. You're listening to I Work For Him. Wow, we've got a really quite a guest for you today. So just imagine growing up in Minnesota. You know, way out west. You can imagine that. I can imagine. Well, I can't imagine growing out in western Minnesota where there's like no hills. But, I, you know, understand growing up in an area where everybody's nice mm. and everybody acts kind of like a Christian, especially on snow days and bad weather days. But the culture doesn't really promote living out your faith because everybody's just nice. Mm-hmm. Imagine being pulled out of that and being radically changed by the gospel, and seeing that powerful faith not only impact your home state, but across the globe. That's Chris Michelson. He's got a ministry, chrismichelson.com. It's spelled like Mickelson, but it's Michelson is how you say it. Chris Michelson, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right. So Martha and I are curious. Tell us a little bit of your story. How did Jesus intersect your life? Yeah, so in uh, 2006, I was a drug dealer in uh, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis area. Uh, I was living a wild lifestyle, parties, drugs, uh, everything that goes into that sort of lifestyle, the club scene, the bars, all of that. 
um, which, you know, it, as a secular person in Minnesota, it's pretty common to go out to the clubs, the bars, these type of things. So you're um, hanging out on Lake Street is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, I knew all about Jesus growing up. I grew up in a good Lutheran church in central Minnesota, um, but I didn't, I was really, I was running from God. I knew that I wasn't living the life that God had for me, but um, I loved my sin and I loved my lifestyle at that time. And uh, my, my, I met my wife, who's now my wife. She and I were dating, living together at the time. And um, she was not a believer either, but her sister had gotten radically saved and started going to this church in Minneapolis and said, hey, would you come to church with me sometime? So my wife finally asked me one day, she said, would you go to church with me? And uh, I said, yeah, I would love to. And she thought, you would want to go to church? Because, you know, I grew up going to church, but at this time in my life, if you knew me, you wouldn't know, uh, you wouldn't think of me as somebody who would ever step foot into a, a church. Hmm. And so we found ourselves at a church uh, in Minneapolis on a Sunday morning. We heard a message. I even heard an altar call for salvation. I thought I was good because, you know, I was born a Christian, right? <laughs> and so uh, I didn't respond to the altar call, but the pastor said something that night. He said, make sure you come back on Wednesday night for our midweek service. Um, well, that's what I heard. What the pastor actually said was, on Wednesday night, we're having a special service for parents whose teenage children are dealing with drugs and alcohol. Make sure you come back on Wednesday night. Well, that's all I heard. I think maybe there was an angel covering my ears yeah. or something. All I heard was, come back on Wednesday. Hmm. So my wife and I, now we haven't been to church in years. <laughs> I hadn't. She'd never really gone to church mm-hmm. growing up. We found ourselves two times in one week going to church one of them being on this Wednesday night service. We got there, and to our horror, we were in the wrong service. But it was a big mega church, so we decided, let's just sit way in the back of this church, not be rude, be Minnesota nice. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> we'll sit way in the back, let all the parents sit up in the front and hear the message, and we'll sneak out when the service is over. And all of a sudden, while we're sitting there, and the pastor is ministering to these parents, mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's ministering to us in the back. And I look over and my wife is just crying. and She couldn't stop crying. And I'm sitting there feeling so convicted. I just know like God has a a different plan for my life than the one that I'm currently on. And uh, there was no altar call. We went out to the car. We started opening up, talking to each other for real about who we really were and Mm -hmm. our our lifestyle and our background. And we made a decision that night, we were going to start following Jesus. And that was really the beginning for us of a whole new journey. And God just put this fire inside of us, this passion for him. We began reading the Bible, seeking God, going to church every Sunday. And that was really kind of the beginning of this whole new journey that that we're on now. Hmm. So I'm curious, did the church ever even know the impact that they had made on you guys? No, no. And in fact, right now we're trying to kind of reconnect uh-huh. with that church uh-huh. to really share that impact because we got radically saved. We got involved in a Bible study at somebody's house and we never really went back to that church mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And it was shortly after that that uh, God called us to go to Bible school in, in, in Texas. So right. We so lost touch with them. Didn't settle in there, but but you know, it just you gotta says, go back and tell it just them. says know, to right. me though that um, we have no idea yeah. 
what God's up to That's right. around us. Yeah. And, and what seems like accidents, you know, he worked out perfectly for your life. Absolutely. So a lot of times after we're radically saved, we realize that we've got giftings we didn't really know. Or we had giftings, but God all of a sudden takes them and twists them for him yeah. in a positive way. What did you realize about yourself after you became saved? I, I was so passionate about telling people about Jesus, but at the same time being ministered, being in that culture of what we call Minnesota nice, where mm-hmm. you want to be nice to people, but you don't want to offend anybody. So I really wanted to tell people about Jesus, but I knew that if I talk to them about Jesus, I'm going to be offensive to somebody. <laughs> so here's this dilemma, right? Oh, like, I get it. And, and, and so I really struggled with that. I tried to talk to people about the Lord, um, but you know, really it wasn't working. So shortly after we got saved, we went to Bible college, and while I was in Bible college, you had to sign up for a student ministry. It could have been the drama team, the worship team. You could have been an usher at the school. I saw on the on the, the list that I could choose from street evangelism. And I thought, wow, that's intimidating. And I remember hearing stories in Minnesota of people that would go down to Lake Street and they'd stand on the, on the back of their car and preach the gospel. And I thought those people were crazy. You know, like you would have to be such a bold Christian to really go and do something like that. And I thought... But it's bold on uh, on Lake Street, crazy on Hennepin Avenue. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and so I decided, you know what, I'm going to sign up for street evangelism just to learn how to evangelize and really how to get boldness to to step out and so i started doing street evangelism the first time i went out i said nothing to no one the whole time i was out on the streets i was so afraid of talking to people about jesus in the public and i followed another guy around that whole night Mm -hmm. who was experienced in doing this and at the end of the night i said this is so simple it's just being who you are you're in love with somebody you want to tell everyone about him, and I'm in love with Jesus, and I want to tell everyone about him. And so the second time we went out, I had the privilege of talking to a guy. God gave me some some insight into this guy's life that I shared with him. He started crying, and at the end of the talk with this guy, he got radically born again, asked Jesus to save him, and after that I said, this is all I want to do. I just want to go everywhere telling people about Jesus. I never thought it would lead to a a ministry. I never thought it would lead to a pulpit. I thought I would never I would be the worst preacher in the world if I preached. Mm-hmm. I just thought this would be my life that I would work in the workplace, evangelize in the workplace, evangelize on the streets, evangelize at Walmart and the grocery store and wherever I went. And um and that would be my life, but God had other plans. Hey, we're talking today with Chris Michelson. You can check him out online, chrismichelson.com. That's M-I-K-K-E-L-S-O-N. This broadcast made possible by a strategic partnership with the God at Work TV show. You can check it out on the direct satellite TV network or on God.TV. God.TV, the God at Work TV show. So, Chris, your workplace, it turned into a place you never imagined it to be. Yeah, that's I mean, right. you know, a lot of people, their work... They, they they go to an accounting office or an engineering firm, or maybe they're they, they run their own business, or maybe they're working in a field somewhere. Maybe they're plowing snow up there in Minnesota. Certainly, <laughs> they probably are right now. Uh, your workplace ended up being really unusual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we started. You know, it started by doing just uh, evangelism everywhere we go, and then it ended up being right after we graduated Bible school. 
Um, I got a really miraculous opportunity to work for the Ministry of Christ for All Nations uh, right here in Orlando, Florida. And we started doing um, uh, working for them. They were doing crusades all over Africa. And I learned how to do evangelism and how to do mass crusade evangelism through them, through evangelist Reinhard Bonnke and Daniel Kalenda, his successor. And then in uh, 2015, we felt like God called us to launch out and take what we had learned and begin doing it in other parts of the world. So what do those other parts of the world look like today? Yeah, so we started going doing crusades in India. Uh, we were traveling all over the uh, nation of India doing crusades. A door opened up for us then to go to Sri Lanka. And we started doing crusades in the mountains of Sri Lanka and planting churches in unreached villages that we were doing crusades in. And then an, a big door opened up for us to start doing crusades in Pakistan. Mm. We started going to Pakistan. I went my first trip in 2015, did my first crusade in 2016. And then in 2017, really God opened up the whole nation to us. We started, we got connected with some really God connections in, in the nation of Pakistan. God's given us a lot of favor there with different leaders in the nation. And um, our crusade ministry just started to explode. And then at the end of 2017, God said to me, I want you to focus all your attention on Pakistan. Hmm. Uh, Pakistan, as you know, is uh, 97% Muslim. It's less than 2% Christianity. But we are seeing that percentage change drastically over the last two years alone. Just through our crusades in, in Pakistan, we've now seen over one million people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in Pakistan. Wow. How big of a country is Pakistan? How many people? So surprisingly, it's the sixth largest country on the planet. There's over 215 million people in okay. Pakistan. Uh, in fact, a lot of the locals think it's actually more like 220 million people in Pakistan. Well, it's wow. another five million between friends. So when you <laughs> are... When, I mean, that's an amazing thing. When you look at Christianity in the Middle East, yeah. and Pakistan's not really Middle East, but it's connected. I mean, there's a lot of that. You're leading people to Christ, but it could cost them their life. Yeah, it could cost them their life. It could cost me my life, too, really. Talk, well, go ahead. Well, I just, I just want to make this connection because, you know, just a few moments ago, you told yeah. us that after you met Jesus, yeah. you know, you were afraid to talk to anybody yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. And yet being learning to be bold, yeah. learning to take that step and find out it's just sharing my myself. It's just sharing myself. Absolutely. And now millions. Yeah. But lives how, will never be the same because of right. that. How, I, how does that work? I mean, you go, you get in front of a crowd of, you know, 50, 60,000 people and you share whatever you share. I mean, typically Americans aren't, really welcomed too much let alone a guy from minnesota eh? <laughs> yeah. you know in pakistan yeah uh, they're sitting down and they're listening to you and they're i mean there's some hungry people there then, there's very there. hungry people it's really uh, god is doing something very special in that nation um we believe that it's like a revival is really taking place there not just through our ministry but through all the ministries that are working there, the people are very hungry. You know, it's it's a it's a small percentage. It's a big percentage, but it's still a small percentage 
of that population that really don't want us there, that really don't like what we're talking about. But it's the majority of people there that are really nominal in the faith that they've grown up in in that country that are now hearing this gospel and they're hearing about God's love and they're hearing about grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. and God's mercy really for the very first time. And when they hear that message, they are so wide open to it. And it's just amazing seeing the harvest. You know, Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so we feel like we're part of those few Mm -hmm. who are going into those ripe harvest fields and just telling that message about Jesus that we started telling on the streets in Dallas when we were in Bible school. So as we talk with Chris Michelson from western Minnesota to the hills and the country of Pakistan, leading millions of people, introducing them to Christ When we come back, we're going to ask him, okay, you can lead a million people to Christ. How do you disciple all of those people? You listen to I Work For Him as we're talking with Chris Michelson. I want to remind you, we partnered up with God TV and their show, God at Work, which is just like our show, only they do TV and you'd see our faces all the time. Rich Marshall has become a friend of the show and helped us connect with a whole bunch of people he was doing interviews with, and so we get to interview him as well. Chris Michelson. God grabbed you out of Alexandria, Minnesota, Western Minnesota, and said, hey, after you sold drugs on the streets of Minneapolis, St. Paul, I need your boldness. I need your new faith in me. I need you to impact a nation. Yeah. Did you ever imagine that's the call on your life? No, absolutely not. Never. Never. As growing up in Minnesota, you know, I never thought I'd leave central Minnesota. I thought it was a big deal just to move to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It was and, a big deal. You moved to the big town. <laughs> yeah, I moved to the big town. And so I never would have imagined growing up, growing up on a dairy farm in central Minnesota, nonetheless, to move to Minneapolis. And then that God would even have me do things in different countries. Right. It, it never... I never could have imagined it. So before we go to the question of how do you disciple a million people, Yeah, how do your folks feel about what you're doing? I mean, this is, this is our little boy who yeah. grew up, you know, a pain in the butt and <laughs> got really creepy and now he's following Jesus yeah. and that was radical for them because yeah, they absolutely. grew up in Western Lutheran Minnesota. That's right. Yeah, it, it was. I'm sure it was at, at, at first. Um, you know, it was, I'm sure it was a big change. Everyone thought I was nuts when I was in the world, you know, parties, drugs, mm-hmm. and all these things. Mm-hmm. And then when I got saved, everyone thought I was kind of nuts because now I'm one of these people that loves Jesus. And then when I went to Bible school and left everything, they thought I was nuts. And now when I go to Pakistan, everyone just thinks I'm clearly nuts, but I am nuts. I'm nuts <laughs> for Jesus. And uh, we're just passionate about him. And, you know, but my family... Really, they re- they're so supportive. They really love what we're doing, and they're totally all in, 100% behind what mm, we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good to hear. And, you know, I think that it, you know, I think you've made a pattern here. Well, that's that's Chris, you know, and yeah. that's where God has you now, and yeah. they're just seeing you live out your faith. What a great example. So um, we were talking before the break and how, you know, you've literally seen mm-hmm. so many people's lives turned around by yeah. the by the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But what next? Yeah. What do you do with all these people with this new faith in a country that you don't aren't weren't born into sure yeah we work with the local pastors so every crusade that we do we won't do a crusade unless we have the majority of the local pastors from that entire area 
partnering with us on the crusade because evangelism that doesn't lead into the local church Mm -hmm. is not real evangelism. Mm -hmm. It has to lead back into the local church. That's true discipleship. That's true evangelism. And so we'll work every crusade anywhere from 400 to sometimes over a thousand local churches in that area. A lot of people don't realize that there are thousands yeah. of churches in Pakistan. I right. would say they've all just learned that right now. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they just have. And because Pakistan is such a populous country in such a small landmass, pa- Pakistan is just a little bit bigger than the size of Texas, and you've got almost 220 million people wow. living there, wow. and 2% are Christians. So we're still talking about millions of Christians and thousands of local churches that are there that we work with to make sure these new believers get into the local church. And let me say this, when somebody gets saved in that country, They need the local church. Yeah. It's paramount that they have Christians around them for protection mm-hmm. and for community in that country. Because their family relationships will be hurt. It could be hurt, and they, their lives could be in danger for coming to Christ. All right, really quick, there's a lot of people that when they become radically saved by Jesus, which is what everybody should be, radically changed by Jesus, um, and they've, if they've got an evangelistic gift, how do they get started? And you got 20 seconds. So I would just say be faithful with where you're at. I started on the street corner. I never thought I would be doing crusades all over the world, but I just took what I had and just started talking to everyone about Jesus everywhere I went. And God is good at promoting people who are faithful with the little things. Mm. And he brought your wife along with you. You guys got kids that you've added to the mix? No, not yet. All right. Well, yep. Chris Michelson, thanks for being an iWork for him. Sharing a little it's bit of what's honor. going on with your around the world with your work. I love it. It's Amen. fantastic. Thank Thanks, you, Chris. It's an honor. Thank you. Make sure you check him out online, chrismichelson.com, M-I-K-K-E-L-S-O-N. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I work for him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I work for him and online. I work for him.com. I work the number four him.com.